listening to Music Trails, a podcast dedicated to independent music artists, their music, their stories, and the people behind the scenes that support them. I chose the name Music Trails because just like no two hiking or biking trails are the same, the same holds true when it comes to the trails and journeys of our guests. This is season two, where the focus is on Winfield, Kansas's Walnut Valley Music Festival, which is celebrating its 50-year anniversary in 2022. We will hear from current and past artists and people that support the festival in various ways. Our guest today is Tom Chapin, whose career has spanned six decades, 26 albums, three Grammy Awards, and has been a regular scheduled performer at the Walnut Valley Music Festival over the last 25 years. Tom will share his excitement to return once again to Winfield in celebration of its 50th year, as well as his early playing days with his brothers Harry, Steve, and his father Jim in the successful early folk group, the Chapin Brothers. Tom shares how, as a father, he found a way to connect with his great school-aged daughters and other children and their parents with his family and children's recordings. We will also get a sneak peek of his new song, Walnut Valley Moon, which will be on his soon-to-be-released new album, Hold Our Brain. Music Trail listeners, I'm pleased to be able to introduce you to Tom Chapin. How are you, Tom? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for thanks for doing this. And you're calling in from uh, Nova Scotia today. How are things up there? Well, it's quite beautiful. It's uh, south coast Nova Scotia. My brother Steve, years ago, uh, on a whim, his his college buddy who had been a uh, a uh, draft dodger in, from the Vietnam War way back when was now a Canadian citizen. He said, there's this campground that's for sale right on the 200 acres on the, on the South Shore. It's the most beautiful place you ever saw. And Steve had money then because he was doing, he was running my brother Harry's band and, uh, and on the tour with him. And plus he was, had a, uh, a, uh, uh, an advertising music thing. He did, you know, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your breath, brush your breath, brush oh, your breath. Oh, sure. Sure. And so he had, he had, the, he was, he was rolling in it. So he bought this campground and had his, his college roommate run it, who was a Canadian. And after a bunch of years, it, 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 they switched and, and Steve bought the place. And, and now, uh, and the good news was he got the park. The bad news was he got the park. <laughs> so he spent six months of the year up here. And uh, oh, wow. and the first year he called me up and said, Tom, I got this park in Nova Scotia. I said, you have what? He says, come up and uh, do a benefit concert for this. So the two of us started doing the Chapin family concerts and we've done 39 of them, I guess. Oh, wow. And we're doing another one uh, next next Sunday. Okay. And uh, with my, my daughters and Harry's daughter and stuff. Anyway. Yeah. So Nova Scotia is a place that we uh, come except COVID made it a little tough to get in and out of Canada. So we, this is the first time we've really been here for three years. Okay. Abigail and Lily are, are up in, are in England doing a tour of, of, of the folk clubs in England coming home oh, nice. coming, and they're going to come back here to, with their, their kids. They're, uh, they each have two six year old girls who are five weeks apart. They're like sister. Oh cousins. my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and they both have little boys. One's a, a year and four, seven months and the other one's seven months anyway they were all going to show up 
but we have their dogs and their cars, and <laughs> it's a caravan. Yeah. But this is the 50th anniversary of Winfield. Come home with me, down to Winfield Town, down to Winfield Town. Absolutely. So when we, I'm getting home uh, around Labor Day, and then I'm packing up and coming to Winfield. Yeah, and you've been you've been packing up and coming down to Winfield. <laughs> uh, if my my research is correct, uh, since 1988, and this will be 25 ish uh, wow. years that you've you've been there. Is that uh, would you? Think that sounds uh, yeah, about I was, right. I'm trying to remember the first time, the first year I was there, and I think it was '88. Jane had seen had seen me someplace in in uh, uh, on my tour. That was when I did my first family recording in '88. And, okay. Uh, and she thought, boy, this this guy would be good at Winfield. And they so we got this call out of the blue to come to bluegrass. And I said, really? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I play and, the banjo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can play banjo yeah. and I can sing, you know, so I, I, like, like John McCutcheon, we, we become, you know, the, the exceptions that prove the rule of, of Winfield, you know, yeah, yeah. that uh, people call, you call it bluegrass, but uh, it's, it's much more than that. It always has. Oh been. yeah. It, and it's, it's really, I think, uh, evolved over the years. Um, I first went uh, in the early to, to mid seventies, uh, was my first time, which would have been just just a few years after it started, and obviously the uh, the music offerings um, at today's Winfield are much more uh, varied than what they were originally. It's Eclectic more of a, even, really. yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And, uh, but what a what an amazing uh, run it's been fifty years. Yeah, just the fact that keeping it going for fifty years, the Redford started this thing and and, and still keep it going is so so difficult and yet so magical and uh and so it's one it's really one of the blessings you know I've, I've done it with my band over the years michael and john will be there this year michael mark and right. john cobra with me yeah yeah and uh john couldn't make it the last couple of years but michael's been every time he, i've asked him he said sure i'm ready to go yeah. and my daughters did it a couple of years sure uh, yeah abigail and lily the chapin sisters and and their older sister uh, jessica as well so right it's it's become a family tradition and uh uh they're all uh, uh they say oh i wish we were going this year the, the daughters but uh I, I guess it's a little more difficult when you when you have all these kids little with their little babies and things that's right and there was the last time they were there abigail got, got up on stage with a baby on her on her back and played the guitar <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, and it really is a family tradition. It's it's uh, one of those things that I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of uh, music festivals, Tom, but it's obviously uh, intergenerational. It's uh, the grandparents and their kids and the grandkids, and then the, the grandkids grow up and start bringing their own kids. And um, it's really, a, a it's based around family tradition for sure. I think that's the uh, one of the best things about it is the fact of how it passes down from generations to generations. I, uh, I now have been coming since late '80s, and and uh, and it, I, I I occasionally get a I got a note just the other day about uh, somebody wrote to the thing and said, "I'm 24 now. I first saw you in Winfield, and I grew up on your music. You know, your kids' music first, and now the other stuff. And thank you. I just want to thank." And you realize that this it, it, it does have this sense of uh, 
a place that people come to and think f about coming to every year and they have these memories of, of their parents and grandparents uh, yeah. bringing them and then coming of age themselves. And that's true with musicians too, you know, uh, over the years. Uh, you see uh, Alison Krauss there and, sure. and, uh, and, I, and, and uh, Bella Flex coming this year. Wow, yeah. I mean, Bella, yeah. he, that, that's, that's, that's a coup. I mean, he's, he's a yeah. major, major dude. And there's so many of those people, uh, Tommy Emanuel, I mean, that, that, who sure. have come through. I, I can name all of them. Yeah. But they, but they come through and, and, and wow, they're really good. And all of a sudden they hit the big time and you realize how, how special the music has been and how important this was for their careers too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the, the children's records, um, family music. How, how did you get into that realm? And then, and also including children's books how did that kind of where did yeah. you find that niche in your career it, it was really being a parent uh and a, a friend of mine uh introduced me when when the, the girls were very little to to raffi uh and sure. i met him in canada i was i played a, the river boat up in the, in uh, toronto and uh, there was this young this young guy raffi was and they were just recording his first record and we met, met him and talked to him and it was really good. It was a great record for two and three year olds. You know, it was just a wonderful thing. And he became, of course, a huge hit and kind of opened mm -hmm. the, the fact that, oh, there's, there's a business here. The record company said, we can sell records. And, uh, and then when my kids got to be six and eight and had outgrown Raffi, the question was, there's not a lot of music you can play in the car with your kids that you're going to want to listen to. Then when they get into middle school, it becomes pop radio whatever that is at that moment now it's rap and one point it was oh it's presley oh my god or no, it was you know, the beatles oh no my god you know and it's whatever it is parents don't particularly want to listen to it <laughs> when it first hits and so i thought what well, is the last time that really this age six to eight when parents are in the car with their kids and are in charge of the music and and lousy kids records just don't get it for the parents so i said it wouldn't be fun to try to make a record that we really, we really like and it's really a good musically and yet kids like it. So as I say, kid friendly and adult safe. So, yeah, so yeah. I got together with uh, my friend, uh, John Forster, a great theater writer that I'd met uh, when we had done some records uh, for the Cabbage Patch Kids right before this. Hired guns to, to uh, my brother Steve and I to produce for Parker Brothers, the Cabbage Patch Kids records. So I have... Uh, you know, a multiple platinum recording uh, of Cabbage Patch Dreams and Cabbage Patch Christmas. Cabbage Patch Kids Growing in the garden Cabbage Patch Kids Growing in the sun And the most amazing thing about a Cabbage Patch Kid Is that each one grows to be a special one Wow. But nobody knows that we did it, you know, but, but and that was kind of a shakedown cruise for this, learning how to do the kids thing. And then uh, I got together with John Forster and said, let's, let's, let's try to write a, a great folky um, new songs, new great song, new great folk songs for, for kids. Because yeah. the folk tradition really works wonderfully for children, and for everybody, really. I mean, stories, folk songs, trying to break it down, is, of course, it's a huge thing. But sure. in some way, it's the ballad form. It's, it is a story verse yep. and a sing-along chorus. Yep. And if you get do, write a great little story with a great sing-along chorus, that yeah. song will just fly. And sure. that's what's happened in our lives. I mean, you, know, well, you go down the line. 
And so that's what we tried to do. John Forster and I started writing. And Michael Mark and, and I were working on a little musical at that point, and we wrote a couple of things, Alphabet Soup and Shovel and Art together. But mo basically it was John Forster who taught me so much about writing. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in the folk tradition and the, and the pop and rock tradition, but my... <laughs> My writing was like, you get close and you, oh, let's try it out on stage. I'm playing, I'm playing this week. And John Forster always said, wait, 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 don't take the pen away too soon. Because you know? <laughs> he was a theater writer. You know, once it's gone, that's, that's the song. It's not going to yeah. change. You can't change. Right. So that really helped me. And watching and working with him really informed my songwriting enormously. And in fact, okay. my whole life has been that working with... We started as the Chapin brothers and learning sure. together. So, but that's when it started. Uh, six and eight year old kids thinking about songs for the car, yeah. in the folk tradition. Got it. What does that mean? Well, you could do uh, an answer song, and and you know, I was coming home. I was coming home in a yellow bus. In a yellow. Or you can do a um, uh, a list song. You can do around this pretty planet spinning through space so we started using the great folk forms in fact we even took uh, an old hobo song big rock candy mountain and made, put oh. kids words to it yeah. and a bunch of other folkies and and people have recorded th that version of it because the original is cigarette trees and you know yeah. and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and all and uh there's a village just do and see you know so so we, we made it but that was the tr thing and, and the first one happened and then we needed a formed it started recording we needed a woman's voice and so i called judy collins and, <laughs> called judy, and judy yeah. said uh, you know this little this little you know and I, i'd call actually the office of judy and, and and left a message and and didn't hear for two weeks you know and i said okay well i'm not gonna bug judy, judy collins and then i get a call and said uh, this is uh whoever the her secretary was judy wants to know when the recording session is i said Okay, <laughs> so she sang three songs, including This Pretty Planet. This pretty planet, spinning through space. You're a garden, you're a harbor, you're a holy place. Golden sun goes down, gentle blue giant, spin us around. Yeah, and uh, together tomorrow, and and all of a sudden, um, that. And the fact that people knew me from my TV show Make a Wish uh, meant that uh, that that uh, the 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 record company that uh, Raffi and a bunch of the Canadians were on said yes. We, we, they they really wanted me, so they put it out, and, and suddenly I had a second career, and I yeah. never expected that. It was really not like oh, I'm going to be a, a children's performer. No, sure. I'm a, I'm a dad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm a granddad, and I'm a musician, and of course that's how many. People who who are in the music business end up doing a family recording because they they have family, right? And uh, and the first one got did did so well. We did another one the next year, and then the next year. So I ended up now with thirteen recordings of for families, and, uh, and I'm yeah. very very proud of that that whole uh, side of what I do. Absolutely, because good song, whether it's a family song or not, uh, you can use anywhere, you know. And uh, so in my live concerts i'm doing adult show which is what happens these these days I'm, I'm not doing a lot of just family shows because that business changes so quickly and it's usually what the the hot tv commodity is is how you can get work to do right it. you know uh, whoever they are the rug ruggers or whatever the the thing is on tv and they they, they go out you know, yeah and you or watch a skating head or something you know these, these big shows 
But in terms of what I do and have always done, it's been sort of in that that folk uh, bluegrass uh, country tradition where you yeah. you come. It's a singer songwriter, and you're you're singing songs to and with and for whoever's in front of you. And I love the idea of of that thing of uh, one of my heroes was was Pete Seeger initially, and but you write for the whole human family, the whole from three to to ninety three. Yeah, and it's 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 a blessing, really, because it it, it means you end up writing things that are uh, that are important. Finally, you know, sure. in, a, in a life, and as you get older, you really feel that way. You have a uh, couple of projects uh, coming out this fall. You've got a new album, uh, "Hold Our Ground," and then you're re-releasing this Pretty Planet. Well, it's an interesting time, uh, as you know, for. Uh, recording artists because basically our, our living has been taken away from uh, recorded music. Uh, yes. There's, there's very few places that still buy CDs and Winfield is one of them. Uh, really, it's uh, once Spotify and Pandora and Google and people started, uh, worked out this thing that uh, that it was data. It's not music, it's data. And it's therefore it, we're overpaying you if we pay you a, a living wage, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and so if you get you get somebody records your song and or you, your song gets played in the radio, you get you know one hundredth of a one thousandth of a cent, of a cent for every play where it used to be cents, you know. And, and so, so that's changed. So in a sense, you know, doing a recording has always been a kind of a leap of faith. And now you got to be on the road to do your, to, to make any money. But I, I, I have had this wonderful songs that, that I've built up in the last couple of years. And I really wanted to do an adult recording. So that's Hold Our Ground is, is a collection of what I do, actually. There's a couple of, uh, of kind of protesty things, uh, things about what this moment. And there's uh, some love songs, a couple of old songs from uh, one, of, one of my early bands that I, I've been singing my whole life and uh, since I was 20 and never recorded. Oh, nice. Around and, uh, and Winter Star. They're just wonderful songs. And uh, then there's a couple of songs by, by, by newborn baby boys in my life. You know, <laughs> Oliver Bow and, and Arthur Moon. And, uh, you know, you say, well, should I put these on the record? And I say, you know what? I don't know when the next record is coming. I want to put these out there just <laughs> Good so for you. Grandpa Tom... Yeah, has put has put these out there for those kids because so they grew up, they know it's on the record, and there's some wonderful other th things in there. The the daughters uh, doing, doing some backgrounds and stuff, and they and they sing some lead on 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 the title track, "Hold Our Ground," nice. which is a, really a song about this moment. You know, when times grow dark and life grows mean, the hardest times you've ever seen, when darkness overwhelms the dawn, can we find strength to carry on? You know. And you are here, hold our ground. I am here, hold our ground. We are here together. In times of strife, in times of fear, we'll hold our ground together. You know, if wow. that just feels like the right yeah. moment for I, some I of these agree. songs. Yeah. And uh, then there's a, a, a song about uh, Woody Guthrie's dream, which really is a song that Cy Khan and I, uh, he, he came up with this idea of, uh, I dreamt I was at the crossroad, harsh wind at my back, thought I saw the man himself rambling down the track. Hard times at his shoulders, a worn case in his hand. Woody Guthrie stopped and said to me, I just don't understand. You know, and then 
And so it, it's like it not, it, those kind yeah. of things, and then you follow follow the trail and see where yeah. it goes. <laughs> so I'm really proud of the record, and we'll see the the record, the stream, the CD, sure. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. But I'm but I'm proud to have it for this time at, in Winfield. I think oh, good. there'll be a lot of songs that good. that people can really get. And, and it's a great win, new Winfield song in there. Yeah, uh, which were Walnut Valley Moon. Yeah, awesome. I want our listeners uh, uh, to know if they haven't had a had a chance. There's a um, a marvelous uh, documentary about uh-huh. your uh, your brother Harry, um, Harry Chapin. When in doubt, do something. It came out in 2020, and you're obviously uh, predominantly um, in that uh, in that film. There there were a, a couple of things that uh, struck me that I wanted to, to ask you about without getting too much off the track there's a uh, this scene where you and your brothers and your dad are playing at uh, manitoba university with uh, joni anderson who's actually joni joni mitchell and my my question was i know that you and your brothers formed the band the uh, chapin brothers and so your with your dad being there that kind of surprised me were you bringing your dad along or did he bring you the three of you to that opportunity or how did that all come about we were in school uh, harry was flunking out of cornell twice and i was up at suny plattsburgh state university of new york in plattsburgh steve was at clarkson upstate new york and my mom really wanted us to get degrees you know uh and all of us did except harry <laughs> but uh Summers, we would play as the Chapin Brothers because we really wanted to play music. My dad was a jazz drummer, very famous in the jazz world. Nowhere else, nobody else really knows him. But if you're a jazz drummer, very likely and seriously study, you've used his book, which he wrote in 1948 called Advanced Techniques for the Modern Drummer. Wow. You can Google him if you're interested, Jim Chapin, Jim Chapin. And uh, you'll recognize him because he looks, looks a lot like me. I can't figure this out. but I, I would I, agree. Once I turned 50, I suddenly was like, hey, man, I'm not going to... <laughs> it happens to all of us, I think. <laughs> suddenly, oh, wow. But my dad was, uh, he and my mom divorced when I was three. He was on the road. He was not your typical dad. In some ways, he was like a favorite uncle, you know, because he didn't take care of the business aspect in any way, shape, or form. But we loved him dearly. Uh, sometimes resented the fact that he wasn't there. But uh, musically... We all became musicians uh, because his joy and and professionalism about the music was just was just catching. I thought, wow, this this he had more fun than the rest of the world, you know. Yeah. So uh, in summer times, uh, we and we we were playing as a folk group, and then we were the first electrified band that ever played the Bitter End in New York City, just in a hootenanny, you know, one of the, what they used to call hootenannies, who, yeah, open yeah. mic nights. I forget who said it, but we said, why don't we have, you know, put pickups on our guitars, you know, like the Armand pickup on a Martin guitar and Steve's playing a, a, an, a, got an electric bass and have our dad play drums. Please, so, baby, don't turn me down. Please don't tell me no. I'd rather walk with you, my songs and went and played the bitter end okay and then we kept doing it and he was you know working just 
uh, pickup jobs. You know, he was a big band drummer, and that died. And then so he would play the you know the weekend uh, you know dance in the local uh, uh, bistro or whatever it was with his, with the Chapin Trio, or just or people would call him up and say, Jim, I need to play. You know, so he he was just doing a working musician. Yeah. And so that summer, uh, we decided to really try to, to do it with with as a Chapin the, the Chapins. I guess it was Chapin Brothers, yeah. And with their dad, and 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 he was charming, as you saw on that. You can see on my on my website, and uh, and it was a real professional, and it was it was it was fun, you know. Uh, and I remember he was he would watch us, and and he, he was perfectly happy to have us be the thing, and he would accompany. Sure. But we did. I remember we doing a. I mean, it worked out a bunch of songs, you know. And and there was one famous moment where, uh, in a, in the family, when because uh, Harry was out front, he was like. You know, and, and Steve and I were sort of like that was embarrassing a little bit. So my my intermission, you know, he says uh, of, a, of a show, he goes, he was he says, boys, it's not going so well out there. He says, Tom, Steve, cheer up, Harry, cheer down. <laughs> uh, that's you know, and that's so that was you know, but so this is a. It, it, the joy of having a professional there in the midst of it, as, and our dad, sure. we didn't see that much. He was always out working someplace and lived this apart from us. Uh, but that was a magical, magical thing for us. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, and uh, Oscar Brand and that that show up in uh, in Canada, sing out, let's sing out, was it was a big big uh, TV show, uh, and and uh, it was interesting to meet Joni Anderson way back then, and yeah, and Dave Van Ronk and uh, just a whole bunch of people that were that were there, and uh, so we were just beginning, you know. So we tried various things, you know. So we, we uh, one summer it was with Dad, and next summer, depending on what was happening, Harry was uh, was working in documentary films, right? To, as uh, and because uh, my so uncle he, was a was Richard Leacock, one of the famous documentarians, uh, Leacock Penny Baker. They did uh, Monterey Pops and, those, and some of those things. So when, when Harry flunked out of school, he would call Ricky and Ricky said, okay, come over here and you can sit at the machine and sing up the sound and this and that. And Harry made a documentary called uh, Legendary Champions that was nominated for Academy Award one year. Yeah. Going back to the movie, it's on, I think, Amazon Prime. And it's yeah, it is. It, it is a wonderful, wonderful. I was so, so thrilled that Rick Corn and S. A. Barron uh, did it. It started out to be a, a thing about why hunger, the organization that Harry started with Bill right. Ayers, and as they started going through and finding all this incredible footage and the story of the family and stuff, and yeah. they met me and interviewed me and then and stuff, it, it kind of morphed into wow. There's not a documentary about this guy, this this guy Harry Chapman who had this meteoric career with Taxi and Cats in the Cradle and then all yeah. of a sudden was killed in a car accident. But along the way, he really worked in trying to change the way the world saw hunger. Yeah. That it's unconscionable. There's enough food to feed everybody yeah. and yet children are starving. And that's just not right. And let's do something about it. And so Why Hunger, which he founded along with the Harry's Chip and Food Bank and some other stuff, is still working, doing wonderful work. Yeah. And it's some of the proudest things that I do is being part of that. Sure. Uh, yeah. He lives. He lives on in so many ways. Hard to believe. You know, it's been, he died in '81. That's 41 years ago. Yeah. And uh, and yet people still remember him. Of course, the songs live on. I mean, sure. You don't do better than Cats in the Cradle yeah. or Taxi or WLD. You know, his his best stuff is yeah. his 
it's just it's just great. And yeah. uh, so I'm so proud of him and uh, and being and the great thing for me about the documentary was seeing Harry in full flight again. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> full flight, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, it's really just watching his energy and he said, you know, and he was one of those guys you you walk into a room, he's okay, this is what we can do. You know, and uh and uh, so I have had a blessed life in many, many ways. And part of it was having my older brothers, Harry and James, and, and the family I come from, you know. Sure. And so, uh, and now I feel the same way about the people behind me, you know. Yeah. I have these people who lift you up and in times of trouble and, and, uh, and, and you, you walk through your life in some way, not alone. There was a, uh, a, a quote in the, in the film that I wanted to ask you about. And it wasn't clear to me whose voice it was in but it said find something in the arts it wasn't about making a living making money or finding fame but put something out into the world and put your life towards it i think that was me talking uh, quoting my uh the family just that okay you know uh we were not my family was not businessmen it was we were not uh, uh politicians we're not but, but it was an arts yeah it's an arts family when grandfather kenneth burke was a critic and an author and and very involved in the uh the modernist movement in the village in the in that uh ground world war one all the way through and 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 then uh and the other one grandfather was a was a painter was james japen my my father's father and my mother was an artist, uh, you know, uh, doing uh, quilting and things. And so part of the thought for us was, what can you, and, and my oldest brother, James, said it best. He says, you know what the best life is? I said, what's that? The best work is, I said, what's that? He says, getting paid for something you want to do anyway. <laughs> you know? and so that's another well way of saying, you know. Yeah. And, I like that. Uh, and he was a historian and he, and he t- taught history. He just wanted to be, be there. So that's fine. And I, I feel like that's, that's the truth to me. And Harry's thing was, he, uh, he said many times, uh, you know, it's kind of boring being a rock star or a star. I, I, he said, I love to play and stuff. But, you know, in the, in the larger sense, it's, it, you're not, it's just about your you, me, 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 me. And... And what's what's cool about this is I have a bully puppet. People listen yeah. to me. Yeah, I can maybe do something more. Yeah, and I thought that was the uh, that was the uh, the heroism of, of him. You know, that he yeah. he would. Uh, we Harry was always we we can do this. Sure. And I feel that way still. You know that 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 my in- impetus and the impetus of this family is like we can do this. You know, and yeah. and, and that's uh, you know let's let. Let's us, meaning that open your arms to those around you and that's, that's together we can do some amazing things. Right. Absolutely. What advice were you offered when you were establishing your career that you would in turn offer to others? I, I remember uh, Randy Newman being asked that. He said, never leave your wallet in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like Randy Newman. <laughs> it was a perfect Randy Newman. <laughs> and, uh, and the other one I heard was Pete Seeger. Early on, I, we did a benefit concert for, uh, for why, uh, then World Hunger Year with Pete Seeger and Harry and myself. And this college kid came in to interview Pete. And he said, Mr. Seeger, you spent your whole life 
doing these benefits, uh, it, has it ever made a difference? And Pete said, I don't know. But I do know I met the good people. People with live hearts, live eyes, live minds. And I thought, bingo. (laughs) (laughs) What a perfect Pete Seeger answer, which is, it's not about me. It's not about me. But just think about this. You know, it's not the work I've done. It's wonderful work I've done. It's, It's about living a life that makes some sense. And I think that's, to me, that's it. Uh, And also just really uh, open yourself. For me, the collaboration has been astonishing. The, uh, and of course, I'm not a Bob Dylan or a, or you know, or Leonard Cohen or somebody who just works by themselves and get this, you know, but I, I, I love the collaborative side of it so i've written with john mccutcheon and i've written with uh Sycon and with michael mark and john Cobert and and phil galston and all down the and those things which early on were a little frightening to get into a room with somebody and and say we're going to do this i'm going to listen to you you can listen to me but but if you have the right person to do it with, with it's uh the stuff that comes out is 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 better than either one would do alone or at least different than you would sure. ever come up with by yourself, and and yeah. uh, and is a, is an amazing way. Those of us who are older men, uh, you know, I, I, women do, do social better than we do, and uh, and mm-hmm. so my my best friends are the friends that I've worked with, you know, and and when you write stuff with somebody, that that's that's a lovely or perform with them, you know, that that's a lovely way to keep a relationship. Uh, that you you don't, don't you don't forget. Sure. Uh, like I'm gonna do a, probably a set. Which I don't know. and I always do something something together. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. And we, we look forward great, to that. We've become great friends, but distance friends. You know, friends that. But you, but you but once you just hey you walk in give a hug and we're right back where we started. You know. Sure. And and uh, that's that's been the high point for me a lot of times. Uh, I don't know if that's any answer to what you're saying. It there's, is. There's, there's no easy way. Uh, the other thing is, uh, is there are so many ways to make a make a life out of music. John Cobert, Michael Mark, and myself, we all do it totally differently. Michael Mark wrote Entertainment Tonight theme song. That right there is is a lifetime mm-hmm. thing. One's yeah. a little song. Nobody's except Michael is that lucky. You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but he he's played on Broadway. He's done uh, done a bunch of, uh, of of wedding gigs, and he's done this and that, and he's sung and things. John Cobert did, and it was in the same studio. And John didn't have a band then, so he had that, these young kids play with him, you know. And then he's had an amazing career doing stuff. And then when uh, the, some of the ad music kind of fell apart, he started doing voiceovers. You know, and he's a wonderful. If you don't realize until you, he goes, this is uh, you know, some kind of medicine or something. You know, you, you just yeah. find a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, there, are, there is a way to make a living in music. It's not easy. If you're doing this because you can think you're going to become famous and rocking, well, maybe. But uh, there is a way to make a life out of it, and uh, yeah. and I, I, I feel blessed to be in that. Absolutely. People can uh, find out more about you on your uh, website, uh, tomchapin.com. You are also uh, on social media on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and 
Twitter, I believe. I guess, so. yeah. I, luckily, that it's Claudia Libowitz who runs, <laughs> runs that side for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 77 this year, and I feel like it's, uh, uh, as I said, I feel blessed that I'm able to do this. Uh, and the things like Winfield, where you get a chance to do it almost every year, uh, it's like a tolling chime or something in your life. It goes ding and you go there. Yeah. And I know every year I go and you know, you bust your ass to get there and you know, hear all that stuff and it's hot and, and oh yeah, and you, leave, and you leave enriched. Yes, absolutely. Every time. Yeah. Because of the way the people, uh, the crew, the other artists, and especially the audience comes to hear music and to hear your stories to connect a little bit with what you, what you do. And that is so empowering uh, and necessary for those of us who are into doing this work. So yeah. bless, bless you guys and bless who are listening, you know. Uh, it's, it's what allows us to do this, you know. And, uh, and that's, that's the blessed part for us because, you know, uh, <laughs> I have a, a thing about, uh, uh, a line about, uh, uh, it's a hard life for the kids and wife because they're, the they're the ones who stay. When I'm singing songs about myself a thousand miles away, <laughs> you know, and you're and you're, uh, but you get a chance to to share uh, your life and your music and with people. And, and Winfield is one of those places where you feel like, wow, this is the, we're blessed to be here. Yeah, that's nice. Tom, will you um, introduce to us uh, the song that we're going to uh, end with, Walnut Valley Moon? Yeah, well, this is a song that uh, I started writing about in about Winfield years ago, maybe year before COVID. And then I uh, and then we, we also play a festival which is not having this year called uh, the Clearwater Festival that Pete Seeger started and 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 uh, uh, they 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 couldn't get it together this year. So I have a version for that. And uh, but the the Winfield version is the one that uh, that uh, Michael and John and I put together. It's called, uh, it could also be called "So Happy to See You, My Friend," but it's the it's about the the Walnut Valley Moon and uh, and the, the the music and the people there. So awesome! Ha happy to happy to sing this for you, I'll, and I'll bring this song along with a couple others, as some songs that are. Uh, a bushel of old songs and a little, and a few new ones. Absolutely. Tom, thank you so much for uh, being on Music Trails with us today. And I look forward to uh, seeing you in Winfield. I'm going to make a point to uh, introduce myself to you down there. Great. And um, have a have the great rest of the summer. And we'll see be seeing you soon. Thanks so much. Looking forward to it, Mark. Thanks for doing this for us. September there's a wonderful sight at this dusty old fairgrounds by day and by night guitars and banjos and voices that blend so happy to see you my friend 50 some years Stories and tunes have been played here and sung out and howled at the moon. 
the very beginning Right through to the end So happy to see you Happy to be with you Happy to see you, my friend Under a walnut valley sun Another windfield welcomes everyone As we gather together to sing out again So happy to see you, my friend Got a bushel of old songs A sprinkle of new It's a pleasure to stand up And sing them with you and to hear your good voices ring out once again. So happy to see you, happy to be with you, happy to see you, my friend. Under a walnut valley moon, another windfield brings its joyful tune as we gather together to sing out again. So happy to see you, my friend. As this old world goes stumbling along Winfield brings us back to sing Her sweet September sweet song September. have left us but we are still here with young folks who come of age every new year with a voice to declare and a hand to extend so happy to see you my friend may the music stay strong survive with this crew and these artists who keep it alive still you're the foundation on which we depend so happy to see you happy to be with you happy to see you my friend under a walnut valley moon another wind as we gather together to sing out again So happy to see you, happy to be with you Happy to see you, my friend Happy to see you, my friends Thanks for listening to this episode of Music Trails and special thanks to our guest, Tom Chapin. I'm your host, Mark LaFond. If you like what you hear, subscribe today and tell a friend. Happy to be with you Happy to see you, my friend Happy to see you, 